Hello, my name is Marion Bowers. And I'm Russ Hanley. This is episode six. Guys, we counted it. Now it sounds official. And um, <laughs> today, I think we're going to talk about my grandpa's time in the Army, which it might sound sparse, but hopefully it will still be interesting because my grandpa can't tell us everything. So, because, like, you know, his job was super important. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how important it was, but it was secret. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was really, wait. It was secretly very important. How about that? That works better. Yeah. Um, yeah, Marion wanted me to talk about uh, my time after uh, after boot camp. I uh, was sent to uh, the school that I had chosen, uh, which was in Massachusetts, and I spent a year there. And how was that? Was it fine, or like, did you actually really enjoy the school? Well, uh, the school was okay. It was it was it wasn't particularly challenging, but it uh, I liked being in Massachusetts because I'm originally from uh, Rhode Island, and I have a lot of relatives around there that I hadn't seen uh, for years and years and years since I was a little kid. That's so cool. I enjoyed that part of it. Um, and then after I finished the school, the school didn't last a year. But uh, it takes a year to get uh, the kind of clearance that I had to have uh, mm -hmm. to do my job. So to get the final clearance, it took uh, um, that the rest of that year. So anyway, that's why I didn't go out mm -hmm. in the field before then. So then you, when you got the clearance, like did... Um, did you know immediately that you were going to Korea, or did you like just know that you yeah, had they, a position now? They they sent me um, they sent me orders for uh, Korea for South Korea, and um, I had never been to the Far East, so uh, I thought that would be rather interesting. Like, were you excited, or were you like too cool to be excited because you understood that it was? You know, dangerous. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I, I thought it was interesting, and uh, I guess excited would probably. <laughs> I was eager to learn about Korean culture and mm -hmm. uh, what it was like over there. So uh, that's you know. That being said, it was only a thirteen-month assignment. Yeah, that's not uh, in the long haul. That's not very long. No. But we lived in uh, uh, we lived in near a town. Wait, uh, hold on. How did you get there? Did you get there by ship or did you get there by plane? Oh, or? by plane. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, they don't do. They don't send troops uh, in big transport ships anymore unless they're going into a battlefield. Yeah. Where they need to get a move a lot of people, and even then. Not a lot go by ship, but... Mm -hmm. um, Sorry, <laughs> continue. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, at the time, uh, Korea was still sort of under a war footing. They didn't have a, a status of forces agreement. Um, we were an occupational force at the, uh, you know, subsequent to the Korean War. And... Um, so it was a little different there for us in the way that we interacted with the culture, but uh, 
Mm-hmm. We were near uh, in a town about halfway down the Korean Peninsula uh, from from where the DMZ is. Um, I'm sorry, I don't the, know what that stands for. Oh, DMZ is the demilitarized zone between uh, North and South Korea. Is that basically no man's land then, or like? Uh, there's a short space, a couple of miles uh. of strip across the peninsula that's. Uh, that is a no man's land, but uh, you don't want to be in that. <laughs> it's well covered, and so. And uh, wait, well covered in what? Like. Uh, it's well covered with uh, people training uh, machine guns and mm-hmm. whatnot. Uh, yeah, that would be bad. <laughs> like, hey, yeah. I'm just passing through duck crossing. Yeah, you're not making it. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, it's highly secure. So mm-hmm. it was it was decided on at the end of the uh, Korean War, which uh, was really uh, more of a truce than a than an end to a war. Yeah. Uh, so um, it was a sort of a Mexican standoff. That's great yeah. to say that anymore. But anyway, uh, you know what? Uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Seoul is quite a bit closer to that demilitarized zone, and Seoul is an amazing, big, crowded city of millions. I don't know how many millions, but it's it's really big, um, and you know is quite um, prosperous even at that time. It's more so now um, since they they. Uh, started making automobiles and uh, doing other things, a lot of high-tech stuff that mm-hmm. they were doing. But so, none of that was being done at that time, so it was more of a traditional culture. Like more rural, would you say? Uh, outside of Seoul it was, yes. Was uh, Seoul, or like I guess, was Seoul at the time the biggest, or one of the biggest cities in Korea? It was the largest city and the capital mm-hmm. of uh, South Korea. Um, it still is, but uh, it's uh, there are a couple of other uh, cities that have grown up uh, on the peninsula too. They're not as big as Seoul, but how far away were you in the village you were in? Like you and your troops were from uh, Seoul. Uh, I don't remember in terms of miles, uh, but it was uh, it was about a half. Took about a half a day to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, From Seoul to Seoul to Pyongyang, and that was the village you were in, correct? Uh, no, Pyongyang. Sorry, Pyongyang oh. was is North Korea. Oops. Uh, no, it's uh, Pyongyang. Um, but uh, we we were in a very rural area, and uh, uh, the village was small, maybe uh, maybe a thousand people, if that. Uh, it's mostly a farming area. Um, so, like, would it be, sorry, would it be like a small kind of little clump of houses and then it'd be stretched out for a while? Like, it'd have a lot of space around it because of all the fields? Like that? Uh, yeah, the the town was very centralized. I mean, the people lived in very close proximity mm-hmm. to each other. And uh, uh, then it was, the fields were all around the town. Mm-hmm. Most of them were uh, rice paddies, and uh, they're it's a mountainous, Korea's fairly mountainous, but 
even there in South Korea it is, but they they have ter they terraced all the hills up, so they they cut flat flat places along. So the they kind of, of look like flat stairs almost. Yeah, and then they would uh, rice paddies are full of water because mm -hmm. rice is grown underwater. But uh, the uh, interesting thing is how they do it. They um, they have outhouses. They don't have plumbing, indoor plumbing. No, in no the, yeah. We did in our barracks, but I mean, well, they didn't nice. in, their, in the town. And uh, in, instead of just going into the ground, they have these really large uh, uh, clay pots mm -hmm. underneath the ground. And hmm. then uh, they have uh, a guy coming around maybe once a month with a, a wagon. <laughs> I feel bad for this guy, yeah. right, and even now. <laughs> you could smell him for a long distance. <laughs> oh, sorry, buddy. <laughs> but they would, uh, uh, they would collect uh, these big jars mm -hmm. and empty them into the wagon and then put them back. Oh, that, that sounds lovely. <laughs> and, and then I, I think they must have composted it a little bit anyway, because I can't imagine they used it raw, but they um, they then uh, would, uh, when they planted the fields, mm -hmm. the whole village planted, I mean, everybody was out there, and like they were kids. going in long lines, yeah, yeah whole families and everything, and they'd grab a handful of this stuff, oh. <laughs> stick a, uh, a stalk of rice sprout in it. Mm -hmm. and then push it down into the mud at the bottom of the paddy. So he needless to say... He they didn't, probably didn't care very much. Yeah. You no. didn't want to go into the... Uh, you didn't want to walk through the rice uh, paddies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good rule of life, guys. If you ever go to a rural village in South Korea, don't walk through the rice paddies. That should just be the title for this now. Don't yeah. walk through the rice paddies. I don't know if they are... Um, Using more chemical fertilizers now. That was uh, that was in the in the sixties, the late sixties. But um, uh, the, the main uh, one of the main things, uh, Koreans have a lot of good food, and a lot of people are now familiar with their food because and burn your face off. Food. It's been brought over here, mm -hmm. but it's what's been brought over here is 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 somewhat toned down. Yeah, so like. They made it, it's not street Korean, it's American Korean food. Kind of, like yeah. they, did, Like, is it because of the spice level that they normally eat, they tone the spice level down? Yeah. They, uh, uh, in Korea, they, uh, the primary food is, uh, is kimchi. That's it. And um, that being said, because you can get all kinds of food there, not just kimchi, but I bet you um, could get a McDonald's cheeseburger now if you, you yeah. Could. You couldn't have that time. <laughs> no. But uh, they um, they had uh, uh, they take what they do is they take cabbage uh -huh. and carrots and potatoes. Ooh, that's a good that's a and, good start. Uh, you know all these different vegetables, and they make a stew out of it. Mm-hmm. 
and then um, they uh, they grow a lot of red peppers and oh, they, no. <laughs> they dry them in the sun. And that makes them more and, spicy, right? If you dry them, as yeah, they like to... the red pepper flakes. Yeah, and, but they're really really spicy, and they put a ton of that in there, oh, no. <laughs> along with other spices, and then they they bury the jars. Uh-huh. Or sometimes they just have a like a a, a pit in the ground, uh, and uh, you know it's covered it's covered over. But rather than actually burying it, but traditionally I think they buried them all. Uh huh. But they would uh, some of it they would keep for uh, almost a full year. Oh wow! Just in that pit. Yeah, and so. Um, it would ferment, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, so it would increase the strength of it. Of the peppers. Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> and uh, oh, they also, I think they had tomato in there. Yeah, too, I can't, guys. I can't take spicy stuff almost at all. So I'm just like, ah, <laughs> as you saying this. <laughs> I uh, I remember eating some kimchi. Oh no. That was. Um, where a little bit, just a, I mean, like maybe a quarter of a cup uh, oh, no. or so, was. Uh, I think the babies are walking. Yeah. 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 Was uh, put into a big pot of rice. Uh huh. And uh, it was so hot that I liked hot food at the time, but I could not. I could not stand it. Oh my goodness. Because the rice was just wasn't enough to cool that down. It was so. But it was winter kimchi. And it's when winter kimchi hotter? It's the longest held. It's, it's the way they preserve food for And that, that seems like it. a genius way to preserve food because... It is. What yeah. does... Is it more... So kimchi, before it goes into the ground, is it a, more of a soupy texture? And then when it ferments, is it more like a curry? Or is it like thicker than it's that? It's kind of in between. Oh, it's, okay. It's not as thick as a curry would be, but it's uh, not as thin as it is a soup. When they put it in, okay, so it does evaporate some, but um, I imagine being underground stops some of that. Mm -hmm. But uh, they have uh, in the summer they eat summer kimchi, which is just a few months old, and then uh, (laughs) let me guess, is it less? It's totally less hot, right? Yeah, but you know, is it still enough to burn your face off? Russell, sorry, the babe or my baby brothers are at the door as we're can, recording. Can we pause this? Yes, hold on a second. And we're back again. Sorry, too much cuteness. We couldn't resist. We had to go and see the tiny babies. Yeah, I came to the door. Yep. And so, we were talking about summer kimchi. That's right. Okay. Yeah. We we're talking about the difference between summer and winter kimchi, and it's the length of time that it is fermented. So the summer kimchi is not nearly as hot. And most of what you see in jars in the grocery stores in the U.S. is is more towards the summer kimchi. Would we say like it's like what spring kimchi <laughs> because it's not as spicy or? Yeah, it's it's pretty. I mean, it's officially summer kimchi, but it's just. Um, I imagine you probably can at some specialty stores get the the uh, more fermented types, but mm-hmm. they. Uh, uh, you know, every every household makes their own kimchi. 
So. Wouldn't it be funny? Oh, man, you, I don't even know if your taste buds were, would survive, but if you and your buddies just went around the town trying every family's kimchi and just, oh, this one likes theirs even spicier, and this one likes it milder. I, I, I wouldn't be able to tell. <laughs> oh, it's just so spicy you can't it's so even. Spicy, it just blows you away. Oh, man. Be funny if you like you know you were eating in your barracks or whatever, and then one of your guys takes a bite and he's like new, and then he just gets blown out of his seat onto the other side of the room and falls flat on his behind, and you're like, are you okay? It's like, oh my goodness, it's so much. Being uh, we were in um, in Korea and the village, uh, you know, had a lot of people that needed gainful employment, so. We each uh, of our barracks had uh, each floor of our barracks had uh, a houseboy, mm-hmm. and they uh, they would come in early in the morning, and then uh, they would clean and clean the bathrooms and the hallways and the, all the spaces, not not the rooms per se. Although they would. Uh, change the sheets and stuff like that. When you and how big was your barracks? Because if it's like, because one floor, one wife per floor, it seems like it's big. Well, that wasn't that big. It, there were probably uh, somewhere between 20 and 30 rooms mm-hmm. on a floor and two floors. Uh-huh. So, um, and there were only a couple of barracks, like two or three. Um, but, uh, you know, we had, uh, people working different shifts because the facility runs 24 hours a day. Yeah. So, um, you know, they had enough people to handle that to the uh-huh. whole thing. We all were in one building where we worked because it was a secure building. Yeah. But, um, uh, the houseboys were very helpful, and they would take your um, your clothes, clothing to the dry cleaners because your uniforms have to be washed and pressed. And yeah, were they nice? Like, did they speak English too, or did you just speak Korean? To no, 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 they spoke English. Uh, yeah, but um, um, enough, you know, to to get by. Yeah, but um, that was about it. But they would bring their lunch. And their, you know, their breakfast sometimes, and uh, they, uh, they would have these. Uh, it was like a stack of pots um, mm-hmm. that would were connected together in a frame. Yeah. And there were maybe three or four pots, and they'd have like rice in one and kimchi in another one and something else in another. <laughs> oh wait, are they like? No, I'm thinking of bento boxes. That's not the same thing. No. No. Those are more like they're uh, compartmentalized yeah, boxes. Yeah, that's These different. Are separate boxes. Yeah. Uh, tin type mm-hmm. boxes stacked up. And then they would uh, use one of them to heat up uh, the lunch because they had, they had these little uh, gas burners that they would put in the showers uh, <laughs> area and then they would use that to, when there was no one around to heat Oh, up. would they heat, use the showers to heat up their No, room? they would just burn them in the showers so oh. that they were safe because it was all tile. Mm. But, um... So, wait. Now I'm confused. So if they had a gas burner to heat up the food, would they heat up the food in the shower because of the tile? 
Yeah. Okay. They were just they were just uh, um, you know little portable ones that yeah. they carried. Was, they brought them themselves, mm-hmm. so it wasn't something we provided them. But um, and uh, then when we would ask them to do things like force or errands or something, we would we would give them extra money for that mm-hmm. uh, as a, a tip sort of thing. So, um, do you think they liked working for you, or were they just like? Oh, it was a good job for them. It's good, good pay, and they get good tips and stuff like that. So, uh, they they enjoyed that aspect of it. They were well mm-hmm. off. But uh, the interesting thing is, if you were to get on a bus, uh, oh, there were no. a few buses. They weren't really big buses. They were kind of like a small school bus type Oh, like buses. the miniature ones, not the super long ones? Yeah. yeah. And they, uh, if you got on a bus in the winter... Oh, no. <laughs> ...in the morning, and, and they'd all have kimchi for breakfast and lunch and dinner sometimes. Um, but it would burn your skin, make your eyes water. Oh, man, like, did you, like, actually have some little bit of skin problems because of going on the buses, or was no, it, it just... No, it just would burn, you oh. know, it was, uh, <laughs> uh, it was just because of their breath, you know, people in a closed-up bus. Oh, man. <laughs> especially in the winter, so... I feel bad for that poor, for the poor bus drivers, you know, having to deal with it oh, every like single it day. Oh, but they, <laughs> what do you mean, because, oh, they're just used to it, so they yeah. don't care. But uh, anyway, they, uh, one night this one guy that uh, lived in our barracks was uh, late uh, coming in. There was a curfew because, uh-huh. um, as I said, there was no status of forces agreement, so uh, we had so like they couldn't. So, like, if you didn't have an agree, you, you were saying you didn't have an agreement with Korea, so yeah. you couldn't say. Like, they could do something to you if there wasn't... Well, no, like so the military set rules, like, you know... Okay. ...where you could be when you were off duty yeah. and stuff like that. But um, one of the rules was we had a curfew. Mm-hmm. I think it was, like, 9 or 10 o'clock. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The gates to the, to the facility where we lived would be locked at that time. Mm-hmm. There would still be guards there, but they wouldn't, you know, they would uh, record you when you came in, and then you'd get in trouble if you missed your curfew. Yeah. But anyway, they, um, uh, <laughs> this guy was uh, out, and he missed his curfew getting back. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, so he uh, went to walk through the rice paddy when he fell a couple of times. Oh, that's so and, gross. Uh, <laughs> oh. When he got back, uh, he he took a shower after shower to scrub, and he couldn't... Did it not go away? He the smell away right away. Oh, right. no. <laughs> How long did it take him before, like, he could smell decent again? I don't know. You know, probably a day or so. Do, they, do they let you bring cologne? <laughs> <laughs> you need that. Actually, maybe that'll make him yeah. smell worse. If it... You never know. Oh, man. But anyway, but uh, it was so cold in Korea because uh, it's not that far north, but it's... It's where it sits because it's right below Siberia, and so you get these winds coming down out of Siberia, 
and across the peninsula. And mm-hmm. so it would be so cold that everything would freeze in the winter. Yikes. <laughs> and uh, the way the Koreans kept their houses warm... Uh, was breathing kimchi. I don't know. Well, partly that was... Partly they did do that because it helped them keep warm. Yeah, that makes sense. But uh, they also had uh, these uh, round blocks of charcoal that were probably uh, about uh, 10 inches in diameter. Mm-hmm. And they had holes uh, all the way down through them, uh, a number of them uh-huh. in, in one of these blocks. They were about, uh, about 10 inches high. And they would, uh, the houses were uh, built with a, a foundation that had been uh, mudded in underneath. It's like they built it and then they would slap mud around it to keep yeah. it Yeah, and then they would, kind of a mudded mortar. Uh, yeah. And then um, they had kind of a whole network of tunnels kind of under there, not little small tunnels. Not, you couldn't fit in there, could you? No, no, I don't think so. I don't think they were that big. Yeah. But then they would, um, they would put these, uh, pieces of charcoal, the houses were small. Anyway. Yeah. But they would put these, uh, these charcoal briquette things, uh, they would set them on fire and then they would, uh, put them under the floors. Oh, so it's like a heating system. And it would heat the floor. And then if you have tunnels that pop up in different places, are they like vents? There were some vents, but, um, and they had little, um, they had little like trap doors to put the stuff in. But, you know, sometimes they weren't so safe because sometimes people, uh, it wasn't such a risk of fire danger as it was that uh, carbon monoxide. Did they have like strap, like roofs, or was it like... Stone or wood or something else? No, they used uh, tile mm-hmm. uh, for the roofs. Uh, it was a uh, kind of a like an unglazed, thick, thick tile. Like, did they keep well? Like, did it help good with um, it rain was, and stuff? It was warm, but you were sat on the floor, mm-hmm. and uh, you slept on the floor, mm-hmm. and uh, you ate on the floor. Yeah, did they have like the kind of the smaller down to the floor tables? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where uh, yeah. you just sat on the floor with a pillow or something. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. Because the floor was the warmest place. Yeah. Because it was heated. And, like, because the higher you get away from the heat, you know, the colder it gets. If you stand up, yeah. your head's going to be like, it's so cold. And the floor was kind of a, uh, I don't know if you know what masonite is. No. It's a pressed uh, wood fiber. Mm-hmm. And it's usually dark brown uh, when you buy it here in the stores. And it's not very thick, it's thin, but um, uh, then it has a kind of a polished surface on mm-hmm. one side and a rough surface on the other. Yeah. And if they use something like that on the floors. Mm-hmm. Polished side up, I'm assuming. Yeah. Right? And uh, so that, uh, that would be heated and it would get... Nice and warm, really toasty. So would they have like a circular house or a square house? No, they or, were square usually. And mm-hmm. then they built them out of stone or wood? Mm-hmm. Or built, they were usually built around the courtyard. Mm, okay. A small courtyard, yeah. not very big. Like how big would it be, like this dining room table? or The courtyard? Yeah. 
No, it'd be a little bit bigger than that. Probably um, almost the size of the dining room. Yeah, it's it's very with the amount of money you had. Oh, well yeah, yeah. In the family, but um, and then in the courtyard, they would. Uh, that's where they would have their kimchi storage and stuff like that. It'd be cool if our school had a courtyard. That'd be fun. Yeah. I like the idea of a courtyard. Yeah. That'd be cool. Except in Washington, it'd be kind of hard because then, you know, you're like, oh, let's go outside. It's 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 dead being rain, guys. We can't we can't do it. <laughs> yeah. It'd be really nice if it was really sunny, though. That would be cool. But yeah. sorry. Anyway, continue. But so Korea was uh, an interesting place. Um, the um, uh, it's interesting being in Seoul. We used, I used to have the opportunity to go occasionally. Is that where you went to the market? Um, well, no, I mean, we didn't, there was a, I had no reason to go to a market other than, um, if, unless I wanted to buy a specialty things. And like, um, there was a, a large building in Seoul. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure you've seen pictures of these type of buildings. But they have the roofs that are curved, they're tile and they're curved. And they have, oh, they're yeah. flat on the top and then they have the sides that are curved up. I think so. That, and there'd be layers of them. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I've seen them. Like, they go, you know, they're like this. Like yeah, that. it's yeah. a very old traditional yeah. style. And uh, there was a big building like that that was the silk market exchange, where all the silk merchants would have stalls and they would uh, sell uh, their silk. Were they all in, like, different colors and things? Oh, they had everything. Every kind of silk you can imagine, um, every weight, and every and that's making me color. super happy. It's like Hobby <laughs> Lobby just got like ten times better. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it was uh, my mother liked to uh, sew, mm-hmm. and uh, so I, <laughs> Sorry. I would send her uh, yardage of silk for like Christmas or birthday. And um, that's nice. <laughs> she would uh, make dresses, and then she would have uh, shoes made to match the dresses, and they well, would cover cool. them with fabric. That was popular back in those days. In the huh? Season. Like, v- what kind of fabric? Like more of a velvety kind of thing, or like uh, like it feels more velvet? Or no, they were like... covered with the silk. The same huh. silk for the dress to go with the dresses. I'll have to see those because that's sounding weird to me, but maybe that's just because yeah. I'm a twi- 21st century American. <laughs> there, they did, they did back in those times. You could mm-hmm. get them, uh, and you'd send them off, and, and they were, or, you know, somebody would take them and do it. Did them. she sell them or give them away? No, this was this was for her for for wearing. Yeah. Oh, she made them for herself. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know a lady who's very good at sewing, and one day she, because her school uh, celebrates Reformation Day, Mrs. Mills, she, mm-hmm. oh man, she's never finished it yet, but she had an amazing Reformation Day dress. She had like all the layers. She had, you know, she hasn't even finished some of the layers, but like just what she had finished alone, we were like, what? It's amazing. And like she's taken apart wedding dresses for our friends and basically put them all back together again to make them fit. She's amazing. Yeah. yeah. When Grandma and I got married, uh, there was a lady in uh, the church that, that Grandma's family went to. 
-hmm. And one of her uh, things was she wanted, she gave, uh, she made the wedding dresses for any of the young ladies Mm -hmm. who were in that church who were going to get married. and as her gift, all I had to do was get the, give her the fabric to do it. And, like, probably the design or what they wanted? Well, yeah, they would give her an idea, and then she would draw the design. Ooh. <laughs> See, I would draw the design every time. I don't know about sewing it, but I would draw it. But uh, she, uh, she would just uh, make a pattern using newspaper. Wow. And um, I... Not sure if you've seen Grandma's wedding dress. We still have it. I've seen pictures of it. I've never actually seen it. The beautiful myself. dress and it, all the lace um, was, uh, you know, they put pearls. I don't forget what they call that. Where they they put little seed pearls on, uh, in the lace. I don't know what that's called. And they <laughs> do it. It's all done by hand. Wow. And. Uh, you know, it was a spectacular dress, and it was quite a nice gift. Yeah, my Edith wants to wear it when she gets married. She's like, I want it. <laughs> she probably could do it. She'd probably be the only one who'd fit in it, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. She's going to be tall enough, but no, she probably will Yeah, be. I'm pretty sure Edie will turn out just fine. I think because my average is messed up because we have so many tall people at our school, so I think the average is taller than actually most people. So I think it is just actually the actual average. So. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Anyway. We should probably wrap it up. Yeah. yeah well, it's fun to do this. So. What, what should we talk about next time? Uh, well, if you want to continue talking about the Army, I can, we can talk a little bit about... Uh, Going to Ethiopia. And yeah, I you have not told me very many stories about going to there, so I want to hear more. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, bye-bye. Toodles. <laughs>